it's another episode of Inside the Recording Studio, and I am Jody Whitesides. And with me, as always, is Mr. Chris Hellstrom. How are you today, Chris? I'm doing all right, Jody. How about you? You sound very chipper today. You're a little bit more melodic with the intro than usual. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of going in line with today's topic. Yeah. What are we talking about? Enhancing vocals with delays and more specifically ones that are not always in tempo, but we'll probably touch on some tempo stuff too. Sure. There's something that I think we all do to a certain degree, right? At least use delay on vocals. It always gives a nice big atmosphere, right? It can. So it certainly it, can. So, yeah. And I guess we should talk a little bit, just briefly gloss over, I think most people are probably comfortable with, but the type of processing that we generally do on vocals. And what's We're, that? You know, well, I'm thinking obviously like EQ, compression, and then reverb and possibly some delay, right? Not sure. necessarily in that order. But uh, mm -hmm. so that's the general thing. But we're focusing on the delay today. Mm. So most of the time, I'm tempo syncing. Are you? Sort of. Most of the sort time of? when I use delays, they're not necessarily synced perfectly to the beat. So I'm a little bit different than you in that. Well, I, I think I know where you're getting out there. If you have a slight offset, mm -hmm. uh, you, you might have a setting. So that, let's say that, for example, you end up with basically a quarter note repeat, and then you turn off the sync and then you tweak the millisecond value a little bit. Or if yes. you're clever enough, or you're, you've listened to that episode of how to figure out the milliseconds. <laughs> or you have your chart to do it for you. <laughs> or, or you got a chart or you got your calculator. But anyway, to kind of offset that a little bit to make it possibly a little bit more pronounced. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite where you kind of go to? Is it generally like a quarter note? Is it... Do you go half note or do you go shorter or do you have a sort of like a starting point? Because I know you probably have a sound in mind where you, as you, your launching point, I guess. The answer to this is it is, get ready to take a drink, program I'm dependent. Ready. <laughs> <Woo>. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, exactly. I'm going to take a little sip. Program dependent. Sure. I will not always do a specific delay in terms of its repeat value, eighth note, 16th note, 32nd, quarter note. It really depends on the space that I'm thinking that it needs to fill. Yeah. That would be the simple answer on that. Now, in terms of enhancing the vocal with delay, the first thing that I might think of in terms of this is actually – just beyond the concept of chorus and, and flange with a slap. Mm, I know that's something that you do way more than I do, but I do it a lot. I do it on almost every lead vocal. Well, see, I, I rest my case. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so, the reason for I'm, that is I like to create that immediate intimacy followed by the space that it can create by having that slap before the any other effect really hits, if that makes any sense. And it, it's enough of that difference beyond the chorusing value or flanging value that it gives you, to me, it gives me, I should say, a much more intimate effect on the vocal, even though there's going to be substantially more space around it created by right. other effects. Okay. So and you, that's why I tend to use the slap. So it's more of a an ambience type of a thing where you're creating almost like a mood. And I'm assuming you don't go with a whole bunch of repeats. This might be oh, no, one no. or two. No, if it's 
for the first thing in terms of with a delay with a slap, it's not a whole bunch of delay. Right. It's literally one. It's like literally one. Now, whether it's right. spread out stereo wise or not, that's a little bit different. And if I'm spreading it stereo wise, yes, the milliseconds are going to be off. And is it going to be the exact value in milliseconds of say at the song that I'm currently mixing right now is a beat tempo of 91 where mm -hmm. the 16th note would be 165 in milliseconds and going with the 32nd note, you're looking at about 82.5. And yeah. that's really hard to kind of cut down into that. So I'll always make that a little bit longer if it's a 32 or a 32nd note slap. Mm. So do you... But I will offset them if I'm trying to space it a little bit left, right to get a little bit more width out of it. I have two questions when you bring that up. Mm -hmm. the, the first one is that when you say when you do it in stereo... How do you go like hard left and hard right? Or do you have them just sort of like nudging in with a vocal that I'm assuming sitting right at the center? That's my first question. So think about that for a second. All right. The other one would be like, how loud is this effect? How, again, content dependent, I know. But do you have this relatively pronounced or is it more kind of like tucked in there to, to feel more than necessarily be super in your face. All right. The answer to number one is about 90% of the time it's hard left, hard right. Okay. Sometimes it's not, but 90% of the time I would say it probably is. The answer to the second half of the question is more often than not, I bring it in enough that you feel it, not enough yeah. that you're really going to notice it. And the reason right. for that is, is because the more you bring it up in value and you're talking about a slap, so it's not a very big delay that ends up making the vocal louder. And that's not necessarily where I'm trying to go with it. I'm just trying to create a sense of ambient space that gives Got that it. intimacy yeah. on the vocal prior to any effects happening. So do I ever do it where you're noticing it? Sure. Did I do that a lot? <laughs> no, probably only about 10% where it's noticeable. Yeah. Yeah. So but it's the exact opposite of like the spread is like 90% of the time it's hard left, hard right in terms of the noticeability of it, it's probably 10%. Yeah, because yeah, it, it's a good trick there to do. And we do that same thing, or I do at least, and I think you do too, when you're trying to set a a reverb in its mm -hmm. level. Yes. Where, you know, you, you want it to be heard, but not so much that it takes over the track. So a good trick to do there is like, if you just have it to a level where if you mute it, you miss it but it's not super prominent right. when it's engaged. Now, I'm guessing you're treating your slap very much in that kind of vein, right? Yes. When it comes to the width, though, mm -hmm. does that depend on, and I'm assuming it does here, but I'm going to be ignorant, <laughs> <laughs> depending on how dense the mix is, right? Yes. Right. So the more sparse the mix, the wider you can kind of go. Is that how you kind of treat it? Or because that, that's the space, I mean, that's prime real estate in the mix, like hard left and hard right. So. It is prime real estate, which is also why, generally speaking, I EQ the delay of the slap mm -hmm. to be not the same value of the lead vocal itself. In other okay. words, I'm going to do more of a high pass filter. And oh, a so low go, pass filter. So, how, so I'm right. cutting down on the highs and the lows and I'm, I'm really kind of taking it in a, just a sampling of it, not the All whole right. spectrum, generally speaking. Do I do that a hundred percent of the time? No. Sometimes I will leave a hundred percent of the vocal, but yeah. more often than not, I am taking more of the upper part to again, great, 
get that error. Right. So you, where are you talking? Are you talking about maybe like 2K now or are you going even higher from what you're leaving? No, 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 no. I would probably be doing a low-pass filter down to around, I don't know, maybe 2.4K and a low-pass filter that is probably around five 600. Okay, so you So I'm leaving, leaving a, a bit a of the mid yeah. to give the value that you feel it, but not so much that it's – taking over and not so much that it is like the whole focal. Right. So, so you're still leaving some weight in that as well when, when you got the, the mids there. Yes. Uh, as well. Okay. All right. Interesting. Interesting. You, I, I don't use that. Whole, you don't do a lot of slap, but when you do, are you doing the same thing or? Yeah. I mean, if I do, th there's one reason why I might do a slap and that's just if I needed that same intimacy, right? Or mm -hmm. if I'm trying like different, ambient type of reverbs to, to make it have a certain space, like a small room is what I do most of the time. Right. But for whatever reason, if that doesn't work and I want perhaps a little bit more drastic of an effect, mm -hmm. I'd either play with the pre-delay on the reverb. Yeah, but that's not this episode. We're talking delay, no, dude. No, no, no. <laughs> no I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I'd either do that or I'll, I'll try the slap and it's whatever works best for me. Sure. But generally when I'm doing vocals, it because of the type of, of music I, I tend to mix most of the time, it would be a, a longer repeat and longer mm -hmm. delay time. And whether that's more or less tempo synced, right? Where it's like a quarter or... You know, sometimes even a dotted eighth, that type of thing, and a quarter, just to make it really kind of smeary. But then again, you got to <laughs> you got to play with that level so that it doesn't take over the track. Right? Yes. And, yes. And of course, just like you, I I work a lot with EQing the delay return mm -hmm. so that again it's not taking up too much space and it's just sits there and does its job really. So I will go down. I would say. Case dependent, but probably down to like 3K mm -hmm. that I'm cutting off. And, and then the bottom, I, I'm pretty aggressive there. I would probably go up to, if it's on the vocal here, I would probably go up to 200 or something, maybe even higher. That's aggressive when I just said I take it to five or six. <laughs> yeah, but, you're do, but I'm doing it as a little bit more of a prominent kind of delay. So right. when you're doing it for the slap effect of that, I think that's a little different. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. That I think that's pretty aggressive because, again, like if you have a lot of delays and stuff bouncing around at those lower frequencies, you're going to end up with a lot of mud down there. So that's not very true. That's so why you cut it out. Exactly. Try to avoid that shit. That's so, right. Yeah. <laughs> so then I guess the question we should go into is so if we do tempo synced most of the time, right, when don't you? Why would you go sort of – and I'm not talking about nudging values here, like, oh, it would take away five milliseconds here and there to create some more spread. I'm not talking about that. But why would you do like drastic things that are just set by the millisecond value and not have any sort of rhythmic relation, if you will, to the track? I'll get to that right after this word from our sponsors. And we're back. What's the question again, Chris, that you were just trying to get me to answer? Well, I was wondering what are some of those cases where you go off the board, so to speak, with delay times? And it's not based on any rhythmic value of the track that you happen to be working on. And it's just a pure millisecond value type of thing. What, what, why would you do that? 
Well, and what's wrong with you? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's all kinds of things wrong with me. There's there's no simple answer to that one. The answer to the idea of going to a millisecond value, and I tend to work primarily on milliseconds because it's a lot easier to control. Yeah. And because I don't generally, as I mentioned earlier, fall into straight tempo synced delays. It's never been my thing to do that. Now, do I do it on occasion? Sure. Do I do it a lot? Not exactly. The reason for that is, and it, maybe it just has to do with the way I run to the beat of a different drummer, so to speak, <laughs> is that I tend to like whatever's about to happen to get the attention. Mm -hmm. And whatever has been delayed should be coming just after that, which is why I tend to almost always run my delays longer than tempo synced. Okay. And it's not by a drastic amount, but it is enough that the next thing coming in the song that's actually a recorded instrument is going to hit before the delay of whatever it is that I'm already played. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Does that answer that portion of the question? It does, but I have follow-ups. Okay, so, follow. <laughs> so now when you mentioned your slap here in the beginning, mm -hmm. you mentioned 32nd and 16th notes. 16th note, depending on the tempo, slap. that's pretty heavy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's pretty long. Yeah. Do you find that, first of all, when you're using a longer slap time, well, I wasn't thinking you, slap in general, but I'm just talking overall. No, no, no I know, but, but I, I have a question when it goes back to that, because okay. I, will, I will try to make sense of this uh, mm -hmm. in a second. But when you're doing that, do you first find yourself that you have to do that at a lower level, or it does it become too prominent, or is that a deciding factor where you might make something a little tighter, going into like 30-second note, depending on the time of the track, obviously, mm -hmm. or the tempo of the track, I should say? Is that your starting point then? Because I'm assuming that when you're doing these like slaps here, this is where I'm trying to make sense of this. Okay. Is that, do you have sort of like the timing of the 30 second note and then offset that or do yes. you have norm? Okay. That is the exact answer right there. I get the tempo synced version and then I extend it just a little bit. Okay. To feel. So I answered my own question. You did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Okay. No, but that's interesting because I, sometimes, you know, we we hear and we all have like plugins where it's like boatload of presets and this, and there were arguably something called slap in there, and it would always be set to a certain value, yep. right? Obviously, mm -hmm. because it's a preset. Yes. But you end up changing that, is what you're saying, for every song because it's not always going to be. Well, if every song I actually did was it say tempo 91 that I mentioned earlier with the song I'm currently working on, then it would be the same. Well, However, so. because every yeah. tempo is different, I go tempo oriented based on the actual song itself. I'd like to deal with the rhythm based off the actual timing of the rhythm, not to just be entirely willy nilly. Right. Okay. So you, you again, you go back to the rhythmic, division yes. and then tweak from then there. Then tweak from there, exactly. Gotcha. All right. And what do you think that that adds then as opposed to just having a set sort of like millisecond value on 
It's we're, but we're talking slap here. So that, well, we're talking also vocals, and vocals sh- right. to me generally are very rhythmic. Now, slap as it would occur for say a snare drum or a kick drum is going to be very different because those are very short bursts. Mm-hmm. Vocals are not the same thing as very short bursts, unless of course you're doing some kind of weird rapping that's all chopped up or something. To me, the vocal needs to have its own world inside the song. And to create that world, I do a variety of different things, but we're talking about the delay aspect of that right now. So to me, that's my first line of offense, so to speak, is working with that delay. Gotcha. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. Like I said, I don't use a whole lot of slap in my productions and mixes, so it's a little bit of a different world for me. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I tend to do is, you know, if I'm using out-of-time delays, which Mm -hmm. happens, for me, it's more of a drastic effect. Sure. And that's that's essentially the next aspect to what we're getting into with this is beyond the slap, because we've kind of beat that to death at this point, (laughs) is... Talking about the way we would do other delays to enhance a vocal as well. Right. And yeah. what you're talking about is kind of like having a ping pong effect in a sense, which it is could one be. way. Yeah, it could be that with where it's sort of bouncing all over the place. But I might do it where it's – sometimes I'll do a tempo sync, of course. But, but if I have like a vocal throw that's just going out and it's just – I want that to really grab the attention of the listener. Mm-hmm where the echoes go on and I might do those to a straight just millisecond value to whatever that sounds good. Right. And if it's not a tempo sync thing, that then so be it. It can almost be more of a drastic effect, I think, if you're not synced to the tempo. I suppose I could argue that it's easier to get the desired result if you're not in that case. <laughs> uh, so Well it certainly that, makes it stick out when it's not specifically in time. Exactly. It's like, oh, what was that? That that was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And and that sort of goes to why I will rarely do that on, let's say, like a lead vocal or a backing vocal, you know, because you don't want that to necessarily go, oh, what was that? That was weird the way the return caught there, you know. But as a uh, if it's just a reply to a line that I wanted to go just a freak out thing. Sure. I'll do that. And that goes for, you know, if it's a guitar lick or a Yeah, but bass we're talking slide. vocals, was, so stay focused, sir. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. In terms of that, and I agree with you on taking a line or even just a word of a vocal yeah. and throwing an effect on it. And you were just kind of describing a situation of ping-ponging, which mm-hmm. isn't quite tapping, which is another form of delay, delay taps, where you can choose very specific times for something to delay and how many of those that you want. And then we call that a tap delay. Right. And I do that a fair amount with certain vocal lines or certain words within a vocal. I will automate ascend to a single delay that does something for just that word. Yeah to create an effect around that word in various ways. And I've done it where it might carry the delay out and it might hit left and then it might hit center and then right at slightly off from the tempo effect. And I know I've done it in one song where not only did I take the delay and it was close to tempo, but it was falling just behind the beat as it did each repeat of the word called gravity. I not only did a delay of the word, 
but I also took the pitch down every single time it came back. So it sounded like gravity was literally pulling it down away from you. Pitch That's wise cool. too. There's Is that delay designer by chance? I did do in it in logic. delay designer, yes. Yeah, because you can do that kind of stuff with that relatively easily, and and it's it's really cool. Yeah, it's one of those kind of I think it's a hidden gem in logic that I think most people don't use it all that much. Right, and there's other ways to get around it too if you don't sure. have delay designer. And with taps, you can also do crazy effects depending on how many taps the delay effect can do. Yeah, where you can make it almost like the Haas effect. Mm-hmm. where you could have it start out with a couple of minimal space delays. And as it keeps going, it starts to speed up and go off and do something else as yeah. it goes through the quote-unquote Haas effect. Right. And that, that's something with Delay Designer that does that really, really well, yeah. where you can, for the experimentation of it, that where you can actually speed up certain repeats like you're describing, but the, you can then slow them down. So it's not like you have to set like, okay – this is going to be a 30 millisecond repeat or whatever, right? You can right. then have that, okay, well, we're going to start out with 30 milliseconds and then it's going to be 100 and then it's going to go to 150 and then we're going to have four that are going to be 25 again or something. So <laughs> yeah. you can get some really, really crazy effects with that. And that's just effectively the use of delay. Yes. So now, there's another effect that I've done that when I did it, it was a lot more difficult. And even today – to recreate it the same way is harder to do it digitally than it is to do it analog wise. This is for a song that was very esoteric. <laughs> what I did with the backing vocals is I ran them through a delay, recorded it, took it and reversed the signal so that mm-hmm. the delays that were very quiet are now the beginning. And then I offset this audio with the actual start of the vocal. So that what you get is like this weird pulsing effect of the vocals coming in, but they're not backwards. Okay. It's like delaying forward. (laughs) So it's almost like you're getting this weird echo, almost like a Haas effect, but in reverse. I'm I'm not really explaining that correctly, I don't think. (laughs) I have a hard time wrapping my head around it. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, it's delaying forward, but each delay gets louder until it gets to the volume of the actual vocal that was sung. So it gives like this smeary vibe that's coming in. It's almost like ghost-like because I was trying to make it like a ghost was singing this, but it was hitting you in the face from a distance and it's coming in and then getting right in your face kind of thing. It sounds like you're almost, the end result is almost like a fade in on the delay that goes into the vocal. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's for all of those sort of almost like sound design things that we can do to to bring attention to certain parts. It can be really, really effective. Yeah. Well, it gives a very eerie effect and the song required that and it came out pretty wild. So That's cool. Yeah. Very good. Any other ideas that you could have in terms of like doing weird delays on vocals? Well, it's a beautiful world, so we can do just about anything (laughs) at this point, right? But the one thing that I tend to do a fair bit, actually, is one thing that you touched on there where you'll have just a delay on a certain word. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned automating that. So Yes, with a send. Yeah, with a send. I tend to do that as well sometimes, Mm -hmm. but I also will frequently duplicate that track and cut out that one single word. 
because with the sense, it can be a little bit trickier in my experience to kind of get the the effect that I want. So I will have that on a separate track and process that separately. Mm-hmm. And then again, manual you know, delay, what, man, manual delay, man. Well, not necessarily the delay, but if I have that just on one word where I want it to be a throw, I'll have like the, the delay on that other track. Oh, okay. So I will have that. And then I have a little bit more control of the processing that might be going on, on that delay as well. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the, the pitch shifting. Yes. That that was something that I used to do as well, where- You used to do it, you don't do it anymore? How disappointing. Not so much, because I I think I kind of overdid it. Oh. (laughs) And and it was one of those things, okay, yeah, kind of tired of that now. I think I used up all that effect. It was all dry now. I couldn't use it anymore. Mm. No, um, but that was to use You exhausted the pitch shift delay. Yeah, it was empty. But it was using a formant filter. Mm on the delay as well and have that just go down drastically, just pitch that down, automated. And But are you that doing that would, tempo-wise or are you doing that off-tempo? Because we're thinking off-tempo here. Well, yeah, th- that was more like going from point A to point B. And I, I would more, it was one of those things where I wanted it to end on a certain beat because it was a very drastic effect. Gotcha. And it almost had the idea or the feel of a tape slowdown. Type of a thing. Okay, those are fun. Yeah, like I said, I think I overdid them a little bit too much (laughs) at one point. So it's like okay, but it is a cool effect when you have that. You can do it easier now with different plugins, but automating the the pitch shift like that, Mm -hmm. and you can obviously go the other way around, like the the fade in thing they talked about with the delays there and the reverse delays. And yeah, I mean, there's so many different things that we can do with those, but fun with delays, man. So <laughs> the delays. With that, let's move on to our Friday finds. Chris, what have you got today? Well, speaking of all the delays and smearing mm-hmm. effects that we've talked about today, I discovered or came across a plugin, at least this week, from Audio Thing, and it's called Frostbite, now version two. Okay. And what that is, it's a plugin that has three different modules in it, but it's a freeze plugin, basically. So it takes the audio that you can tweak and has a couple of different algorithms in it where you can make it really granular, but you take an audio and you essentially process the crap out of it to get some really, really cool spaced out results. So it's great for sound effects, that type of thing, and works on all sorts of instruments. And I thought that sounded, it looked really, really interesting. So my Friday find is Frostbite 2 audio thing. And what about you, sir? What do you got? I'm going with something that Native Instruments just announced. It's called Lunar Echoes. Okay, it sounds like very that topical. Would be, yes, how very topical. It sounds like it would be a delay unit. Mm-hmm. However, it is not. It is one of their construction kits, I guess would be a good way of saying it, for techno creators and dub okay. step type stuff. And it features melodic tech lines and it features dub chords and bass lines. And it also has some classic gear recreations. And it's good for doing modern type of EDM dub, that kind of stuff. Lunar Echoes. Cool. The name is very topical. The content 
slightly Not off so much. topic. <laughs> <laughs> While Fair we've got enough. your attention, we ask that you go to insidetherecordingstudio.com and sign up for our mailing list. Doing so will get you a little gift from Chris and I, and you'll get weekly reminders about the Tuesday tips when they come out, and we'll make sure that you don't miss any future episodes of the podcast. Send us an email at goldstar, G-O-L-D-S-T-A-R, at insidetherecordingstudio.com with the words vocal delay and you'll get something cool back in your inbox. Do you have a topic of suggestion for Chris and I to talk about in a future episode? If the answer is yes, you go to the contact page at our website and you send us the request, and we'll put it into consideration for a future episode. With that, I'll say see you next week. Have a good one, Jody. Thanks for listening, everybody.